Doubting Thomas. How many of us have heard that expression used derisively for someone who wouldn't or couldn't accept something at face value? I think of all the times I've heard about Thomas, the messages have been, oh, that Thomas, he just didn't have enough faith. Oh, that Thomas, how could he not have believed? Oh, that Thomas, he missed out on really knowing Jesus. But I think if we go back and really listen to the story, we'll find something else here, a different kind of truth. A truth that says we are free to seek and question, to explore and touch the open wounds of Christ in the world. Verse 19 begins, When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then verse 20 goes on, After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. The disciples were locked in a room because they were afraid that they too would be killed as co-conspirators in Jesus' gang of rabble-rousers. They were in hiding, and Jesus came to them. He offered them peace, showed them his wounds, breathed on them, and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. This part of the passage is sometimes called the Johannine Pentecost, because there's no other mention of the day of Pentecost in the Gospel of John. But apparently Thomas was elsewhere that day, He was properly incredulous then when he next saw some of the other disciples and they said to him, we have seen the Lord. I wonder if Thomas was afraid they were pulling a prank on him or perhaps even worse that their mental health had declined rapidly. However Thomas felt, the writer of the Gospel of John records him as saying something like, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails in my hand in his side, I will not believe. Thomas had a long history with Jesus. Indeed, he had known Jesus from the beginning of his ministry. Thomas knew that Jesus fed and healed and restored people to God and community. Thomas knew that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Thomas knew that to follow Jesus was to risk death for himself. And in John chapter 11, Thomas encouraged the disciples to stay with Jesus, saying, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Thomas knew Jesus and had counted the cost of following him. Thomas knew Jesus had been crucified. Thomas knew Jesus was dead. Thomas knew the open wound of losing his teacher and friend. So when the disciples told him Jesus was alive, he responded with something like, I said I'd follow him to the grave, and I did. He is in the grave. It is finished. Did you ever notice that Thomas asked only for the proof Jesus offered to the other disciples? When Jesus appeared to them, he showed them his hands and his side, and only then, the writer of the Gospel of John records, did the disciples of Jesus rejoice because, quote, they saw the Lord. Despite his bad rep, Thomas doubts no more than the other disciples. More importantly, however, perhaps we've actually misunderstood the nature of faith altogether, assuming that the more faith we have, the fewer questions we'll ask. 
But the Gospel of John offers us a different vision of faith here, one in which faith and doubt are woven together much more closely than we might imagine. In her viral TED Talk, Leslie Hazelton said, Doubt is essential to faith. Doubt is the heart of the matter. Thomas believed in the mission and work of Jesus enough to doubt anything that wasn't Jesus as he had known him. For a solid week, Thomas's questions stood. Then on the first day of the next week, Thomas was with the other disciples in the house where Jesus had last appeared. And though the doors were again closed, Jesus entered, repeating the greeting, Peace be with you. Noting Thomas's presence, Jesus said, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Notice with me that Jesus did not admonish Thomas for his question, but rather invited him to satisfy his doubt by seeing and feeling for himself. Thomas was welcomed into the peace of Christ from the very beginning of the encounter. When Thomas saw and felt and experienced those wounds, his own wound was touched. Once he encountered Jesus, his faith became as real as his doubt had been. Thomas saw a broken but clearly living Jesus, received the invitation to touch his wounds, and responded, My Lord and my God. Thomas didn't merely believe. Of all the apostles, Thomas made the highest confession of Jesus' identity recorded in the Gospel of John. What happened to Thomas is exactly what the writer of the Gospel of John hopes will happen to each of us when we read his Gospel. That we too will cry out, my Lord and my God. What Thomas did wasn't doubt exactly. Rather, he actively sought confirmation that Jesus, this risen Jesus, was the one he had known. Thomas was concerned with truth, grounded, embodied, and yes, wounded truth, not some flight of fancy. Thomas wanted to know that his trust was not misplaced, that the person to whom he had pledged his life and his death were one and the same. Looked at this way, Thomas was the one who responded to the invitation of Christ to participate in his life, death, and now resurrection. Thomas is a disciple just like the rest of us. Thomas is no fool, but rather comes at things realistically and counts the cost. The man who had experienced so much of Jesus, who had been with him in the flesh, the man who had encouraged the disciples to follow Jesus, even to death. The man who felt the fresh ache of the open wound of losing his friend and teacher. This man heard Jesus's invitation and believed. Jesus invited Thomas into his brokenness and to bear witness to Thomas's own wound. Richard Rohr writes, this archetypal encounter between doubting Thomas and the risen Jesus is not really a story about believing in the fact of the resurrection, but a story about believing that someone could be wounded and also resurrected at the same time. Put your finger here, Jesus says to Thomas. 
Like Christ, we are all indeed wounded and resurrected at the same time. End quote. When Thomas recognized the wounds of Christ, he was able to confess who Jesus was to him. And the writer of the Gospel of John invites us to do the same. Easter is an open wound. Easter is the very foundation of our faith. But understanding that God, that God entered the world, felt pain, was killed, and still loves. Easter is the proclamation that the love of God requires us to attend to the brokenness of the world. Easter is the pain of betrayal and the impact of empire. Easter is the gaping side and nail-pierced hands of the one God loves. Easter is the wound that remains even after resurrection. Easter is the mark on our bodies sunk to soul. Easter is the trauma we must face if we are to follow Jesus with integrity. We cannot ignore the open wounds of disease, poverty, racism, sexism, war, terrorism, or global warming. We cannot ignore the open wounds of abuse, rejection, loneliness, or suicide. We cannot ignore the open wounds of the people around us, the slow death of the one God loves. Easter is and must always be an open wound. Yet it is out of this very wound that our faith is born. The faith that says, yes, bad things happen, and yes, life is hard, and no, it doesn't seem fair. But listen deep. There's more to the story. Easter is the open wound out of which blood and water flow. It is the blood of passion for God and others throbbing in our veins. It is the living water of the grace of God offered to us each and every day. Easter is the open wound that invites us to deeper faith, a faith that calls us to question why things are the way they are, and then do something about it. Easter is the open wound that invites us to look and really see the world and the people around us. Easter is the open wound that refuses to be healed lightly. Easter is the open wound Jesus invites us to explore deeply. Easter is the open wound that the Holy Spirit uses to breathe life back into us when we think we cannot go on another single moment. Easter is the open wound we can bear because we have been offered peace in the midst of our pain, fear, and deep grief. Easter is an open wound, and what a gift that is.